I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iView podcast. With me is Ellison Ann Williams, Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Envale. Now, the United Nations estimates that up to $2 trillion of cross-border money laundering occurs each year. And with the way of the world being what it is, that's probably a low estimate. Now, Ellison Ann and her company are working on privacy-enhancing technologies which can help financial services combat financial crime. So the question is, how? What are privacy-enhancing technologies and how can they help in getting to grips with financial crime? So privacy-enhancing technologies are a family of technologies that are designed to protect data in use when it's being used or processed or to protect the security and privacy of data throughout its processing life cycle. So let's unpack a little bit. What does that actually mean? And then most importantly, why does it matter in general and in the context of financial intelligence? So if you back up a little bit, data at its core has three macro states from which all types of privacy and security is derived. It's sitting at rest in the file system. It's moving around in the network or it's in transit. And then finally, it's being used or processed. So used or processed means you're running a search analytic machine learning model over it to extract the insights or information that ultimately lead to value for the organization. So privacy enhancing technologies are business enabling as a family of technologies. They don't simply exist to make something better or to protect. They make entirely new things possible and here's why. So consider when you're trying to use data or run a search over data where the content of that search is sensitive. It has some kind of a sensitivity associated with it, which could be anything. It could be private information. It could be information relating to a financial intelligence, for example, for example, who you're banking and what type of a jurisdiction. So suppose, for example, that you want to go run a search that contains that sensitive content and you need to make sure that none of that sensitive content is exposed at any point during processing. So privacy enhancing technologies allow you to do just that. So you can do things like take searches that contain that sensitive content, that personal information. For example, you can encrypt those searches and then you can run them without ever decrypting them at any point during processing. So without ever exposing any of that sensitive content in the data environment as you're performing that search. So then why does that actually matter? So why does having the ability to do things like take searches or take analytics or machine learning models that contain that sensitive content, encrypt them and run them anywhere actually make a difference? Because it has the effect of completely changing the paradigm of how and where organizations can securely and privately leverage data across silos, across boundaries, whatever those boundaries may be, ultimately to unlock value for a plethora of use cases, but in particular, in financial services. And we can dive into what exactly that means for intelligence here as we go through the discussion today. That's actually pretty much where I want to start, because the one thing that it seems to me is happening to the world around us is that we rely more and more on data. We rely more and more on the sharing of data. 
And there are weaknesses there that are potentially exploitable unless something is done to shore it up. Absolutely. So a brilliant way to to envision this is to look at this rise in digital transformation for data really being the currency by which people make decisions and action, different types of business use cases and business value to occur. But if you peel that back a little bit and you look at data as the backbone of the digital economy, which is really what digital transformation means, you look at, well, a lot of that data has inherent sensitivity associated with it. That sensitivity could be regulatory kinds of sensitivity, so regulated information. It could have data residency, localization considerations associated with it, or that sensitivity could look like personal information. It could look like IP or competitive types of information. So the big question becomes, in the case of digital transformation and data really being the backbone of that digital economy, how do we now leverage that data and use it effectively for all these kinds of business purposes while still respecting all of those sensitivities and all of those dimensions. That's exactly what privacy enhancing technologies as a family is designed to do and address and why you see the market commercially around privacy enhancing technologies ever more popular today and ever increasing in momentum with folks like Gartner saying by 2025, over half of all large organizations globally will be leveraging privacy enhancing technologies as a core part of how they use data for their specific business purposes. Bringing the discussion back to the financial services arena and the figure I started off quoting about cross-border money laundering, I can see how securing data is important, obviously. I can see how what you're doing is working to secure that data. How does the privacy-enhancing technology help in identifying financial crime and isolating it, for example? A great example of the impact of privacy-enhancing technologies on financial types of intelligence and combating financial crime comes in the auspices of enabling cross-jurisdictional data sharing and collaboration in a completely decentralized form. So for example, if I have a large global bank, and this is a bank that's operating in many, many, many jurisdictions or countries around the globe, all of those jurisdictions have a very heterogeneous regulatory landscape associated with them in different types of data residency or localization requirements that make it really impossible for that bank to effectively obtain a global customer operating picture. And we had a bank come to us and say, well, we have this problem of operating in all of these places across the globe, and we have to respect all of these jurisdictional requirements that we operate in. Can you help us, through your capabilities with privacy-enhancing technologies, obtain a global customer operating picture? So for example, if this bank is operating in Singapore and they're operating in the UK, how can they check to see, does the UK know about Singaporean entities that they're banking? And are they watching them for anything like money laundering or questionable activity in the UK? And how can they perform that check in a matter of seconds without exposing any Singaporean information in the UK jurisdiction? That's exactly what privacy enhancing technologies enable. So you can take a search for those Singaporean entities that you're banking in Singapore. 
that you're watching for questionable activity that you don't necessarily know are being banked anywhere in any of your other operating jurisdictions. You can take the search for the Singaporean entities, encrypt it, leveraging privacy-enhancing technologies. You can send that encrypted search over to your UK jurisdiction. Now, that encrypted search containing the Singaporean content, but you can't see that because it's encrypted, will process over the UK data that's being made available for that purpose without ever decrypting that search itself. So without ever exposing any of that Singaporean content in the UK, produce the encrypted results. Those encrypted results are sent back to Singapore where they can be decrypted and consumed by the analysts to say, well, wait a second. Not only does the UK jurisdiction know about the Singaporean entity that I was banking and watching for suspicious activity that I didn't even know was being banked anywhere within my bank, but they're also watching the same Singaporean entity for questionable money laundering activity. And now I can perform a series of auxiliary encrypted searches to discover accounts that I may know nothing about in transactions associated with those accounts that are directly related to money laundering, again, without ever moving any of the Singaporean data outside of Singapore in its open, viewable state and without ever moving any of that UK data into Singapore in any kind of a way that's not legally permissible. So you're able to leverage privacy-enhancing technologies to get these insights in a matter of seconds, respecting all the legal and regulatory requirements that otherwise would take months of manual legal review to obtain. So it completely changes the game for detecting money laundering and fraud, even within a global financial institution. And that's just one example. And I think the key phrase that I heard there was in a matter of seconds. It's the kind of information result you can get almost at the click of a finger, which would have taken months and months of painful manual labor otherwise, which, let's be frank, most institutions wouldn't do. Correct. Correct. So this isn't circumventing the legal or the policy uh, situations that are in place. It's respecting them. And while respecting them, the technology, privacy enhancing technology allows you to gain those insights, like we said, in a matter of seconds, in a game changing kind of a time that otherwise would have never been available. And of course, the criminals and the people that are laundering money know this very, very well. So they understand that it takes oftentimes months of manual review in order to be able to effectively ask these questions. And so by the time that the bank has gone through this months and months of process in a manual capacity to ask the UK the questions essentially in the open around the Singaporean entities, the Singaporean entities have moved their money, they're long gone, they've round robin through the system and they're out of there. So you really don't have much effect at really stopping financial crime unless you can operate at the speed of the criminal, which is what privacy enhancing technologies allow you to do. Yes, I think that's something else that perhaps we should touch upon. You say you need to operate at the speed of the criminal. I think we need to remember that this is an arms race. So on that basis, how do we get ahead? How do we stay ahead? Is this technology going to allow the good guys, as opposed to the bad actors, to stay ahead of the game? Absolutely. Assuming, of course, that they actually implement it. Correct. Exactly. And that's and that's the key pl- point. So privacy enhancing technologies, they are here, they're ready, they are now, there are capabilities that people can buy off the shelf today to do exactly what I just described. All they have to do is actually adopt them. 
So from a financial crime perspective, adopting the capabilities is the first step. Also, what you see happening is the regulatory community really embracing privacy-enhancing technologies as a family to really powerfully fight financial crime and play a huge role in anti-money laundering. So you see this happening all the way back starting in 2019 when the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK, ran a tech sprint around privacy-enhancing technologies, bringing together people that were experts in the pets or privacy-enhancing technology space along with the banks and then the regulator itself itself with the ICO to work hand in hand to really take a look at and explore how privacy enhancing technologies can solve some of these key challenges. And from there, the policy and regulatory momentum has really just increased, but it really started back in in its most, um, I would say, critical form in 2019 with the FCA and has gone forward from there. So that will continue. That's a very important piece in the regulated adoption of privacy-enhancing technologies because when the regulators speak, the regulated listen. And that's a key element in finding financial crime. Thank you very much, Ellison Ann Williams, Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Enveil.